Welcome back, Badgers fans, to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. It's been a little while since we did one of these, uh, but we are bringing it back and bringing it back in style for the 2017 Wisconsin football season, which actually kicks off uh, tomorrow night, a little, a little more than probably, what, what, 27 hours away. Kickoffs is 8 o'clock. Badgers take on uh, Utah State. So we figured there's no better way to, uh, to start the season than to uh, bring back the podcast. So here today with me, uh, uh, first of all, I should introduce myself. My name is John Veldheis. I'm the senior writer for uh, BadgerBlitz.com. Uh, joining me today is John McNamara, a publisher of BadgerBlitz.com. And then we also have Jonathan Mills, a staff writer here at BadgerBlitz.com. So three Johns here. We're going to try and keep everybody organized and uh, Maybe not get uh, not get lost in the shuffle, but uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing real well, John. Doing well, John. How about you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Uh, so let's not uh, you know waste too much time here. Uh, we were just talking before the show about you know we there's there will be more to talk about on these uh, podcasts, which we're hoping to do uh, you know at least uh, once a week in the in the football season as the Badgers get going. Uh, should be a really interesting football season. And uh, I think we're just going to start off by talking about fall camp and uh, the storylines that kind of stood out to us. Obviously, uh, the thing that stuck out to me was that we knew a lot about this team going into the fall. Uh, there weren't a lot of position battles that were up in the air, um, with, and that's kind of to be expected with a lot of starters returning from last year's team. Uh, but I think that was the thing that stood out to me is that, you know, just trying to trying to identify which jobs were actually up for grabs, I think was, uh, you know, the, the big focus. I, I don't know, uh, John McNamara, how do you, uh, what, what stood out to you during the fall? I mean, it was a, like five weeks of camp is a long camp, but what do you think stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, even going back to Chicago when you and I were down there, um, there were just so few question marks, it seemed like, surrounding this team. Uh, just going into into fall camp. I think a lot of that centers around uh, the quarterback position really kind of being solidified. Now it's you know extremely thin, but you knew Alex Hornerbrook would be uh, the starting quarterback going in. So I think that took a lot of that that talk down. And um, you know, on a team that returns so many starters on both sides of the ball, there just weren't a whole lot of questions. Uh, but you know, getting back to what you talked about, you know, the, I'm always kind of having my eye on the young kids, and um, you know, Jonathan Taylor coming out and kind of being that. Uh, co co starting running back. Um, that would, that's really interesting to me. Now I thought, um, you know, he was going to have a good career at Wisconsin. I thought he was extremely talented. You know, we had him as a four-star kid coming out of high school, but you know, Chris James and Bradrick Shaw, um, maybe not the most established guys, uh, but certainly guys who are really, really talented. And for a true freshman to come in and be in that mix, um, definitely I think is a big storyline heading into to week one against Utah state. And then, you know, with that same theme, Danny Davis, too, another four-star kid in this class coming in and being that, uh, you know, number four receiver behind Jazz PV, Quintez Cephas, and uh, A.J. Taylor. So, you know, those two youngsters, uh, I think their role is going to grow as the season goes on, but for them to make such a, such a presence during fall camp at positions that were, you know, not necessarily super thin definitely caught my eye. Yeah, Jonathan Mills, what do you think? Um, what really is interesting to me for this coming up fall is how Alex Hornerbrook's going to fare without Bart Houston in front of him. So now we know that Bart Houston left last year, and now Hornerbrook has the default star position. And for, actually for Houston, he put up better numbers than Hornerbrook. He had a 58.6 completion percentage 
which was uh, a little bit higher than quarter Hornerbrooks, but I like to see how maybe he can adjust to being that full-time starter and getting out of Houston's shadow for the upcoming season. Yeah, I think that was something that kind of stood out to me in uh, in spring camp was, uh, you know, watching a Hornerbrook uh, get all the reps. It, it was it was interesting to just watch his body language. He was uh, he was walking around like a, a confident guy that you know really knew what his role was going to be on this team and in in this offense. And I think that uh, I think that paid big dividends for him. I mean, the, whenever you're going to rotate. Uh, two guys at quarterback, it's, it's not an ideal solution. I, I feel like the Badgers kind of, uh, you know, found a way to make it work last year, probably better than anybody else could have. Um, and that just, a, that's just a testament to Paul Christ and his ability to not only coach the, the quarterbacks, but, you know, manage the individual guys in the room. Uh, so I, I think that's, uh, you hit on something that's, you're going to be a make or break thing for the, the Badger football team this year is just how good can Alex Hornbrook be with that year of experience. Um, and uh, you know, getting this, you know, all the all the reps in the spring and all the reps in the fall uh, under his belt, having that off season's worth of uh, you know watching film and uh, working in the weight room. He you know it seemed like he uh, took some extra time away, you know, on his own and did some um, some work working with some private quarterback coaches and and things like that. So it's uh, I, I think uh, this team is really going to go as far as uh, Alex Hornerbrook takes them. There's certainly a lot of good pieces in place, uh, certainly some untested pieces kind of like what John uh, McNamara was talking about with the, the running backs and you know some new faces of wide receiver but uh, it's uh, it's going to be interesting and I think uh, you know Hornbrook is going to be a, a make or break player for them uh, because their schedule certainly sets up in a way where if they get if they get good quarterback play again uh, and the, the rest of the pieces perform the way that we expect them to it could be a really inter- interesting season for Wisconsin. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for Hornerbrook going into the spring, summer, and fall knowing he was, you know, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the starting quarterback. And now um, it, I said it's interesting because uh, Malik Zaire, the news came out today that he's not going to be Florida's starting quarterback. And obviously, you know, he was a guy that was rumored to be, obviously he was on campus, you know, someone who could maybe transfer in. Um, you know, I wonder what that would have done to the chemistry uh, of that quarterback room, and not only to to that, but you know, to Hornerbrook's kind of mindset. I think it's big that he went in knowing he was a starting starting guy, and you know, Paul Chris did that a couple of years ago with Joel Stave, I think, to try to settle him down and you know, letting everything know, you know, letting everybody know that this is our starting quarterback. We have our trust in him, so it was good for Stave. I think it it has been good for Alex Hornerbrook. I might disagree with you just a little bit. I don't I don't think this team is going to go as Alex Hornerbrook goes. I think he just needs to be you know, slightly above average for this team to, to really have success. Um, you know, I know quarterbacks don't like to be called game managers, but I think that's – if he's able to do that, they're going to have success. Uh, you know, I've I've done a lot of radio stuff with, with people, you know, kind of leading up to the season. I think I think Chris Chris James and, and Bradrick Shaw are both going to rush for over 1,000 yards. Um, I, I think this team's going to establish a run game. I think they're going to have a lot of success running the ball. Um, and I think it's going to help Alex Hornerbrook in the pass game. Obviously, you have – you know, a senior tight end in Troy Fumagalli might be an All-American. Jazz PB could be an All-Big Ten player. You know, behind him, Quintez Sivas uh, could have a breakout season. So, uh, but those guys are all going to see probably single coverage because teams are going to have to stack the box in order to try to slow down Wisconsin's run game. So, um, I don't think Hornerbrook's going to be a big make-or-break player for them. I just think he needs to be consistent 
and uh, not not throw you know interceptions and and not throw Wisconsin out of games for them to have success. Yeah, that uh, I think that makes sense. Uh, on the on the defensive side of the ball, um, does uh, do, we have you know we we wrote about this and, and put some stuff up stuff up on BadgerBlitz.com after the after the news came up. But does losing Jack Sitchie for the year uh, change much about how you guys uh, view Wisconsin's defense for this year? I mean, obviously. You know, they they never they would absolutely take Jack Sitchie back and healthy for this year uh, in a heartbeat. They, they were lucky that uh, if they had to have a major injury, um, it was at inside linebacker where they had so many guys with uh, in-game experience, kind of you know raring and ready to go. Um, but uh, you know, does does losing Sitchie change how you guys are looking at that side of the ball this year? I mean, fortunately for Wisconsin's defense, the, they returned nearly their entire defensive line and inside linebackers. Um, I know that losing Jacks can be tough for them, but you have to remember last year, Ryan Connolly filled in for Sitchie, and he earned uh, actually Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week honors against uh, the Huskers. So I feel like the batters can kind of pick and choose what they're going to have bearing injuries, and I think they'll be a still-rounded, solid team. Yeah, for me, it's it's just going to be interesting to see the identity of that linebacking core because, you know, if you watch Sitchi at practice, he's the vocal guy. He's the guy that's running over the field. He's the guy that's talking to the defense, and he's he's also running his mouth off to the offense. So um, it'll be interesting to see the personality that this group takes on because, you know, now that you lost Sitchi, you've also lost, you know, obviously Vince Beagle and, and T.J. Watt to the NFL. Um, you know, you look at T.J. Edwards, he's – He's a quiet guy. He's a guy that leads by example. So, you know, who's going to be that personality of the defense? You know, what's what's going to be their identity this year? Because I think Sitchi was your identity, you know, that leader. Um, you know, who's going to pick up the slack there and be that leader of that group? Um, it, it, you know, further, you know, I think about, you know, the stuff that Barry Alvarez used to talk to. You know, if you have an elite football team, you have, you know, five great players. And, you know, if you were penciling in Wisconsin's roster to start the year, I think Sitchi would have been one of those five great players on this team, and to lose him, I think, is big. You know, a guy that can play guy inside and guy that play outside. Um, yeah, I think that does hurt. But like you know, Mills talked about, and like you talked about, they're deep at middle backer. They should be okay. But you know, Sitchi's a playmaker, and it's gonna be tough for him. You know, to watch this the whole season on the sidelines. I, I feel like if you're looking at uh, where is the where is the energy going to come from, um, the the two guys that stick out to me are uh, Chris Orr, especially if he can kind of work his way into, uh, you know, starting, he, he's listed as a, uh, as the uh, second team linebacker on this, this week one depth chart. But I think as, uh, as Mills was kind of referring to, I, I feel like this is, that's going to be kind of a mix and match situation. Um, I, I, I don't know that you know, you're going to have two defined starters and a backup. I think they're going to do a lot of rotating still um, and uh, try and keep some guys fresh. And so I, I'm kind of looking at Orr as uh as somebody that could give the defense a little juice and, uh, and Derek Tyndall, I think Derek Tyndall is going to be um, kind of the, the loud, like a, a loud, uh, you know, playmaking guy in that uh, Wisconsin secondary that, I mean, at least to me, it looks like uh, it, you know, it's going to be one of their best units um, in, uh, you know, if you're looking at Wisconsin secondaries as a whole uh, over the last couple of years or so. Yeah, definitely. And it, you know, you mentioned Tyndall, but the guy, you know, opposite him, Nick Nelson, um, it, it, he might have a Ryan Ramchek esque junior really season. Um, you know, where a guy transfers in, he plays on the scout team. You kind of hear all these stories cropping up, where 
You know, he gave guys fits, you know, while being on the scout team. You know, by all accounts, you know, Barry Alvarez has said this. You know, Paul Chris doesn't really go to those lengths to give guys huge amounts of praise. But, you know, by all accounts, he's going to be their number one cornerback. He seems to have, you know, from what we've seen in practice and what guys have talked about, all Big Ten potential. And, you know, maybe, you know, in a couple months we're talking about a guy who's played his way into, you know, making a decision about the NFL. So um, it's such a huge luxury to have that number one lockdown cornerback where you can stick on, you know, the the opposing team's top receiver. And I think Wisconsin's going to have that luxury this year. And, you know, Derek Tindall's a heck of a number two as well. Now, that nickel guy, whether it be Dante Carrier-Williams or Lubrin Figaro, had a really difficult season last year, remains to be seen. But, you know, you feel like you mentioned, Valdice, you know, going out there, this is a good secondary, maybe one of their best secondaries they've had, in, you know, in, in a number of years. Yeah, the only reason I didn't mention uh, Nick Nelson as a guy to uh, be the – being an energy bringer, I guess, is that he's just he's so reserved. At least when uh, talking to and when I've talked, when I've spoken with him, and you know when I've um, you know read interviews that he's done with other people, he's he's a quiet guy. I kind of like how um, you know uh, Natrell Jamerson is kind of quiet, but I think the the coaching staff is is expecting a big season out of him, uh, taking over that free safety spot, and you know in uh, in place of Leo Musso, who graduated after. Um, being the you know the team MVP last year, so mm-hmm. yeah, it, it might be a you know other than other than Tyndall and I th- and Dakota Dixon uh, at the other safety spot uh, is uh, is I think he's a vocal team leader, but he's he doesn't have that same um, I guess uh, what's the right word here? Uh, well, here's the thing: Tyndall talks enough for the four of them. So I right, think yes, be- that's that's what I was going to say. <laughs> is that uh, you're gonna you're gonna hear a lot from Derek Tyndall, I think, and it's gonna make up for uh, the rest of rest of the guys, even though they I think the there's going to be plenty of leadership coming out of that group. It's just they're they're all kind of leading in their own way. I would agree. Well, uh, so why don't we transition a little bit? Uh, we're uh, recording this a little closer to the game than uh, we probably will during the regular season or the rest of it. Uh, but with Utah State, the uh, you know, Badgers are going to play them tomorrow night, which is uh, Friday, September 1st. Kickoff is at 8 o'clock uh, Central Time. Um, so what, what are you guys expecting to see out of this game? And uh, why don't you uh, give me your your quick prediction about what you uh, what do you expect to see in Week One out of the Badgers? Well, um, if we take a flashback to last time they played, the Badgers actually beat the Utah State sixteen to fourteen. I think it's going to be a little bit bigger of a blowout than that. Um, both teams are. Well, the Badgers are extremely good on more balance on offense, defense, and I just kind of see them blowing past Utah in front of Cameron on Friday night. Yeah, I, you know, it's surprising just going back and looking at this Utah State team. I, you know, obviously I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to them, you know, since last time they played and, you know, when Gary Anderson left. But, you know, Matt Wells could be a guy who's fighting for his job this year. You know, they went, you know, one and seven in conference last year, three and nine overall. They really struggled. So, um, you know, I don't expect this game to be very close. I think Wisconsin, particularly up front, has a huge advantage on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, I, I could see something in the you know the forty-two to seven ballpark. Um, you, you know, I, you know, you're you can't say a whole lot because you're only going on what you, you saw for the handful of practices for fall camp. But I think this is a good Wisconsin team. I think this is a new you know Utah State team because Matt Welsh kind of shook up his staff after last year, fired some guys hired some new guys you know it'll be interesting to see if Kent Myers can do anything their quarterback their senior quarterback yeah. um you know he's he's played well for them he had a, a good sophomore year kind of a slump last year he 
you know, went as the team went. But and he's a guy that can throw in and, and can do it with his feet too. So I don't, I'm curious to see if he can give Wisconsin some problems there. But, um, you know, like, like Mills talked about, in all three facets of the game, Wisconsin's more talented. I think that's going to show on the scoreboard on Friday. Yeah, I think the uh, the the key that I uh, was writing about in uh, the All Out Blitz, which came out uh, this morning, is uh, the 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 matchup, especially in, in the the offensive trenches for the Badgers, because you know with with how with how much experience they have uh, coming back on the offensive line, and the fact that you know they they kind of move some guys around to get their best five out there by uh, moving Michael Dieter over to left tackle, uh, and uh, with. The I, I think I, if I'm remembering correctly, I feel like the that Utah State only has like one returning starter uh, out of that uh, front seven from last year. It's it's one or two, um, and so that's a that's a lot to uh, to overcome uh, if you're you know um, Utah State and you're trying to get a good um, you know put up a good uh, uh, run defense against the Badgers that are going to. I mean, after uh, you know an off season of talking about uh, you know really reestablishing the run and having a, you know a good couple guys in the backfield that are raring to go. Uh, it's uh, I I feel like if the Badger if you see the Badgers get a, a pretty good consistent push early, uh, that's going to be a good sign for them because I, I just don't know that uh, you know there's the, there's the talent and depth there uh, with this Utah State team to really keep it close like they were able to in in 2012. I mean it's you know it's uh, it's it's really interesting to see you know what happened to uh, you know Utah State's program after uh, Gary Anderson left. I mean, I, it, it's a it's a it's a middle you know middle major uh, program. You can only expect them to to really keep that success going for so long. But it has been kind of a steady decline since that uh, 2012 season when when the Aggies were playing um, about as good as anybody else in the country. Um, so uh, let's uh, before we wrap up here, um, let's just uh, get everybody on the record, and uh, I think we should do our uh, season predictions. So, uh, do you, I mean, do you guys really think that this team has a, a realistic chance uh, of? Uh, well, I guess I think a lot of people think they have a realistic chance of going twelve and zero. But I'm going to put you on the spot. Do do the Badgers go undefeated uh, in this regular season, or if they don't, uh, which uh, which game or two? I mean, like to to uh, kind of cover your bases there, do you feel like are the most uh, most troublesome for them? You know, I, they, they're going to be favored in every game. Um, I, I would assume that. I I would like to really give my, my uh, you know, in pen prediction after. I think BYU is a great litmus test. Like, you're going to re- – I think you're going to really know what this team is after BYU. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really hesitant to say that, yeah, Wisconsin's going to run the regular season table here. Um, you know, Nebraska scares you a little bit on the road. Obviously, Michigan comes to Camp Randall. Um, other than that, it's a very favorable schedule. The the game to close the season at Minnesota is scarier for, for me um, than maybe other people view it as. You know, that P.J. Fleck team, yeah, it, would, it would make their season, you know, make their last couple seasons if they were to, to clip Wisconsin at the end of the year. So, Especially um, if the Badgers were 11-0. and Yeah, absolutely. It would – it, that game w- would worry me if I was a big, big-time big Badger fan at the end of the year. So um, I'm going to go 11-1. I don't think they trip up against Michigan. I think I think it comes maybe against a team that you didn't see. I don't think in Iowa, maybe on the road against Nebraska, maybe on the road against Minnesota. I say 11-1. Uh, I'll, I'll stick to that. Yeah, I'm 
it's kind of along the lines of what uh, John Max talked about with BYU and Michigan and uh, Nebraska. I actually have the Badgers losing to a BYU team. I think that team's very experienced over there, very deep, and I think it, the Badgers are just going to have a tough time in the road on that one. And the Michigan one, I know that one's going to be close, but I just feel like Jim Harbaugh is going to take his team kind of the distance. And I think Wisconsin might fall to the end. So I have them going actually nine and three overall, but again, I'm, trying to play devil's advocate where the Badgers do have the pieces to go make a very historic run in the Big Ten West, but at the same time, if one key injury goes down, uh, I don't see them being very strong that they could have been. Yeah, I think that uh, the injury factor is definitely a uh, one to consider. I mean, especially a, a potential injury to, to Hornerbrook means a, a, a drastically different uh, looking season, um, even though the Badgers have have settled on Jack Cohn to be their backup quarterback. Uh, I uh, I don't think uh, I mean, there there is a there is a definite drop off between Alex Hornerbrook and either Jack Cohn or Corey Lyles. So uh, if if Hornerbrook stays healthy, um, I think uh, I, I agree with you, John uh, John Mack, uh, that uh, the BYU game is is going to be a really interesting one for them. Um, I'm kind of curious to see how uh, they play against. Um, I think they, did they play LSU this week? Uh, I feel like they, they have some. I feel like it's LSU. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they didn't look great in their their week one game for them. Uh, so I'm kind of curious to see how they how they stack up against the Tigers. Uh, but in in a vacuum, BYU is a very solid, consistent program. Um, and if you can go out there and beat them in their home stadium, uh, I think that's a good sign for you, for your football team. Um, I, I I see why people are. Um, you know, a little cautious about the Nebraska game. Um, just be, I think just because it's on the road, I think if, if that game is in, uh, if it's in Camp Randall, I feel like it looks a lot different. Um, I, I just, I, I'm not, I, I need to see it from Nebraska first, just because they're um, switching defense and schemes and it's early in the big 10 season. Um, and they have a new, uh, they'll, they'll have a new quarterback, uh, even though the, the Badgers are probably aren't, uh, aren't, thrilled to have a new Nebraska quarterback because they just feasted on uh, Tommy Armstrong for three or four years. Um, but uh, the, and so the Nebraska game I think is tricky. Um, the, the Minnesota game uh, could be, could be interesting because I think both teams will be kind of beat up because uh, Minnesota has a brutal um, end of the season stretch. I, I don't remember the specific sequence of games, but I feel like they get, you know, like Iowa, Michigan, like in, a, in either like a Michigan State or an Ohio State in there too. Um, so they're, they're going to be pretty – I think they're going to be hurting. Uh, but, you know, the Badgers also have to play Iowa and Michigan uh, the week before that – you know, the weeks before that too. So, you know, it's going to be a, an emotional game even if uh, both teams are a little um, banged up at the end of the year. I think uh, I will go with 11-1 and one, um, just to try and be consistent across all the other – um, season predictions that I've done uh, with the, the. I know it's at home, um, but I feel like this is a year where you really want to play Michigan early, uh, just because they have so many um, faces to replace from last year. Uh, and uh, with, I mean, with with Jim Harbaugh in town, the Michigan's roster is is always going to be talented. And I feel like by that end of the season, uh, he's going to have them, you know, into uh, 
you know, pretty good football shape running the, you know, the, the offense and defense that he wants to. I mean, I, I guess we'll see. It depends on, you know, what kind of um, talent drop-off there is between last year's roster for them and this year's. But uh, just because it's late in the year, uh, I think that Michigan game is why it, uh, why it scares me the most. So I say 11-1. and one, um, and, uh, and, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of what I'm on the record for. Mills, I'm surprised that you uh, had them at, uh, did you say, you said nine and three? I don't know if nine I, and three, yes. I feel like that's the lowest I've heard of anybody um, making a season prediction for them. Yeah, I just see Wisconsin kind of, I mean, last year there was a few tail injuries at the end and a few players that maybe kind of dove off the cliff a little bit on statistics-wise and didn't really perform up to expectations. And I think Wisconsin might catch one of these teams in a hot streak at a bad time because I remember the Nebraska game last year where they barely won in overtime at, at home, and I, that was a little scary for me. So now seeing that this year with a new quarterback away from Camp Randall, that just kind of is a little bit of a tricky situation for me. But, yeah, I have them at 9-3. and three. I'm sticking with it right now, and uh, that's how, how I'm going for 2017-2018. All right. Well, uh, guys, uh, thanks for uh, um, chatting about this uh, upcoming football game, the upcoming football season uh, today on the, the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. I think uh, I don't know about you guys. I'm looking forward to uh, to um, doing these. The podcasts were always fun. Uh, you know, it's a little um, hard. I mean, we're we're going to make sure that we uh, you know uh, try and get this up uh, every week, especially during the football season. Maybe more if we uh, have some some major injury news. I feel like if we were doing this back during the fall, the Jack Sitchi injury would have been a uh, time to do an emergency uh, podcast if there ever was one. Um, but uh, I think uh, uh, um, Mills and I will be at uh, at Camp Randall tomorrow night for the uh, first game of Wisconsin's football season. Uh, we'll have content up on BadgerBlitz.com, and then uh, especially after the game, and then we'll uh, roll right into week week two. I'll I'll uh, try and get a, a film study piece up early in the week, and we'll start to uh, you know, ramp up the uh, the recruiting coverage too. Um, you know, like uh, John Mack's been talking about how you know, this. Uh, 2018 recruiting class is it's interesting because it's pretty much uh, wrapped up uh, in terms of spots that are available. But um, I'm sure that uh, as we get into football season, we'll uh, see a little bit more about what the Badgers are thinking for the 2018 and 20, 2019 classes as well. Uh, so once again, guys, thanks for uh, um, joining me today in the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Uh, do you guys want to give your uh, Twitter uh, handles a shout out for where people can find you and uh, um, things like that? Yeah, mine is I think it's McNamara Rivals, and um, that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds yeah. So go ahead and give me a follow. That'd be that'd be great. Uh, mine is at Real J Mills, and then also follow along the Badger Blitz now and tomorrow for game content and just stats and updates. That's at Bad underscore Blitz. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks again. Uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Thanks again for listening.